Welcome to another episode of Love and War, the podcast in which the irresistible force overcomes the immovable object. I'm your host, Lee Ballinger. I'm an author, poet, and producer based in Los Angeles. If you want to know more, check out my bio on Facebook, L-E-E-B-A-L-L-I-N-G-E-R. You can hit me up at rockrap at AOL.com. R-O-C-K-R-A-P, or on Facebook. Note to Donald Trump. I built this country. I helped to make hundreds of thousands of tons of steel. I served in this country's armed forces. You didn't either. Why are you still talking? It's often said that any attempt to organize human society on the basis of taking care of everyone will ultimately fail because people are inherently selfish. Visionary possibilities that suggest otherwise are dismissed as being out of step with human nature. This philosophy has been drummed deep into our heads to the point that the following cliches are now widely accepted as common sense. Dog eat dog. Take care of your own. Cut your losses. Save yourself. You can't fight City Hall. Look out for number one. We are told that life is just a lottery with a few winners and countless losers. So says Reed Hoffman, billionaire co-founder of LinkedIn, in his book, The Startup of You. For anything desirable... There's competition, a ticket to a championship game, the arm of an attractive man or woman, admission to a good college, and every solid professional opportunity. Hoffman is echoing fellow billionaire John D. Rockefeller, who said that the growth of his Standard Oil Company was merely the working out of a law of nature and a law of God. Wall Street's Gordon Gecko paraphrased John D. when he declared that greed captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. This raises the question, if greed and privatized growth put the human race on the evolutionary uptick, why is the world falling apart? Let's look at a contrasting picture of human nature, one of empathy and engagement. A cynic might dismiss examples of support and caring as mere exceptions which only prove the rule of selfishness. But there are so many millions of them which happen each year that it would be more accurate to say that they are the rule and that the savagery promoted by the media is the exception. Sealing the deal in Stefan Klein's book, Survival of the Nicest, How Altruism Made Us Human and Why It Pays to Get Along, He reports that brain research shows that altruism activates the same brain synapses as eating a chocolate bar or having sex. We need each other. We should stop paying attention to those who tell us otherwise and instead follow in the wake of these examples. In the aftermath of Hurricane Harvey in Houston, 
J.J. Watt of the NFL's Houston Texans spearheaded a massive aid drive for flood victims that raised $37 million. On a smaller scale, soon after Harvey hit, I happened to call a friend of mine in Orange County. She told me that somehow or another she had come up with a plane ticket and was on her way to Houston to help out. She and her husband, hovering just above homelessness themselves, feed the homeless seven days a week in Los Angeles. When Johnny Hecker, the Los Angeles Rams Pro Bowl punter, found out about the cataclysmic wildfires which ravaged Ventura County, he drove to Target with his wife, who wanted to help despite being seven months pregnant. They loaded up an entire truck with supplies for distribution to fire victims. While at the checkout line at Target, an employee gave Hecker $40 to help out. Countless people have sent water to Flint in the wake of that city's government poisoning the local water supply. Despite decades of propaganda about predator youth, tens of thousands of people work with teenagers. This should come as no surprise. Volunteerism is the norm in America. Over 60 million Americans donate free time to a good cause each year. Each week in America, musicians and artists stage over 1,000 benefits for their peers facing large medical bills. In the wake of the recent fires in California, the parking lot of an Ojai market was transformed into the Upper Ojai Relief Center. Food, clothing, toys, and tools were stockpiled there for distribution for those who had lost their homes in Ojai. People came from all over California and from as far away as Colorado to help people out cutting down trees, blocking the roads to their homes, and to help them find valuables in the ashes. Human nature is so deeply ingrained that it cannot be eradicated. It's illegal to give water to immigrants crossing in the desert, and people get arrested for doing it, but people continue to do it. In many cities, it's against the law to feed the homeless, and people are arrested for doing it, but people continue to do it. When humanity is displayed, it is often met with punishment. A cafeteria worker in Pocatello, Idaho, was fired for giving a free meal to a 12-year-old student who had no money. In the wake of Hurricane Maria's devastation, all of the schools in Puerto Rico were closed. A community in Vieques took immediate action to reopen their Escuela Adrián Serrano clearing out trash, bringing back teachers, and finding supplies of food and water. The response of the Humacao School District to this local heroism was to order the school to close back down, supposedly just to await certification. The order was ignored, in part because of the crying needs of the students, but also because Puerto Rico Education Secretary Julia Kelleher intends to replace public schools with charter schools, describing the hurricane as an opportunity to press the reset button. Puerto Rico's Department of Education estimates that at least 200 of the island schools will never reopen. Yet, when we explore human nature, we find that all is not warm and fuzzy. If human nature is fundamentally an embrace, How can all the person-to-person conflict among the common people in America be explained? 
simply that under the pressures of a rapidly disintegrating society, there is a tendency for any oppressed or defenseless person to shift the blame to someone else, rather than attack the overwhelming power that is hurting him or her. In the short run, human nature isn't always able to overcome that power. And why does the level of high-minded, community-oriented actions in disasters recede afterward? Rebecca Solnet gives a good answer in her book, A Paradise Built in Hell, The Extraordinary Communities That Arise in Disaster, where she writes, quote, The very structure of our economy and society prevents these goals from being achieved. The structure is also a philosophy that best serves the wealthy and powerful, but shapes all of our lives, reinforced as the conventional wisdom disseminated by the media. The possibility of paradise hovers on the cusp of coming into being, so much so that it takes powerful forces to keep such a paradise at bay. Unquote. In addition to so-called natural disasters, today we face a more persistent disaster in the United States, a confluence of foreclosures, a lack of health care, hunger, homelessness, and war. If all those who are not profiting from this ongoing catastrophe, that is to say, the overwhelming majority, can collectively follow the instinct to be their brother and sister's keeper, then we can allow our innate human nature to help us zero in on making real the paradise Rebecca Solnit describes, one that is currently just out of reach. I have a new book out called Love and War, My First 30 Years of Writing. You can download a copy absolutely free at loveandwarbook.com. That's loveandwarbook.com. Let me know what you think of it. The Department of Veterans Affairs has reversed course on a plan to essentially end a $460 million program that helps provide housing to homeless veterans after facing blowback when news of the decision leaked out. Interesting. The VA had previously claimed that it had eliminated veterans' homelessness in 2015. You cannot believe anything they say. Not just veterans, but active-duty military personnel continued to be foreclosed on, although this is illegal to do to active-duty military. Homelessness often comes soon after. The first thing we need is a moratorium on foreclosures. How can anyone justify putting another human being out in the street? The second thing we need is to put all homeless people into homes. There are 18 million empty housing units in the U.S. Do I speak for the world? Let's finish up with a quote of the week, this time from Kendrick Lamar's producer, Terrace Martin, who said, There's people getting killed. 
Those motherfuckers starving. Fuck all that shit. We're doing music to warm hearts. That's the only goal. All those little boxes, we don't even have the privilege to be in a little punk-ass box. We're just trying to heal souls. That's it for now. If you see me on the street, smile back. Well, together we stand, divided we fall. Come on up, people, let's all get on the ball and work together. Come on, come on, let's work together. We're here now, people, because together we will stand, every boy, every woman, and 